Today is July 29th, and it's a brand new episode of the Energy is Love podcast. Energyislovepodcast.com. If you go there, you'll see all the little social icons, uh, not only for social media like Facebook and Instagram, but also where you can listen, download, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you are curious as to where that may be, I think it's quite literally everywhere podcasts are available. Thank you for tuning in week after week and joining us on this, I was going to say journey, but it's not really a journey. I guess it is. I guess we're all on our own little journey in some way, shape, or form. And bringing you the podcast has definitely been a journey for us. (laughs) So thank you for joining our journey of podcasting. Maybe we'll do another podcast one day called Podcast Journey. Or I'm sure there's already a podcast called that, but thank you for listening. So last week's episode, we talked about Brave Men Dare. And if you haven't already, please go to bravemendare.com and check it out. Also, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Brave Men Dare. We have our event coming up in October. It's October 4th through the 6th, and there are still tickets available. If you're curious what it is, just imagine a bunch of men coming together in nature. Uh, First off, it's held in this beautiful log cabin up in Ogden Valley here in Utah. So we're bringing together a group of men to slow down, first and foremost. And that means like literally in every way, shape or form you could imagine. Turn your cell phone off, uh, get really present to the moment where you're at right now, slow down, really, 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 really start to connect with your body, with your physical body. And that's super easy and basic. And then after that slowing down process takes place, then you get to open up (laughs) and a whole bunch of things happen. A whole bunch of amazing things happen. So it's a bunch of men coming together, slowing down and connecting with one another as well as themselves, working together to help each other get clear, get more focused, get uh, more connected with what they want in life, as well as what they're feeling, and shedding off all the past, all the things that you keep hidden, all the things that have bogged you down and kept you stuck. This is your opportunity to break free from all of those things. We're also going to be incorporating breath work and cold water immersion. So that's going to be like the physical challenge of the event. So if getting into an ice bath has been something that you have been wanting to do, this is the opportunity for you to do it. It's going to be a place where you get to explore the reaches of what your body is capable of, of, as well as your emotions, your mental uh, capacity. So if you know a man who needs help, if you're a man that needs help, if you can think of somebody in your life (laughs) that needs help, right? Pretty much all of us, send them to bravemendare.com. You can find all the information there. And like I said, we do have tickets available still. During the month of August, you can still get the early bird pricing, which is still available. So go to the website and check it out, and we would love to see you in October. Come out and join us, bravemendare.com. So brand new episode on today's show. Stephanie and I got the opportunity to sit down with a good friend of mine. His name's Randy Palmer. And if you have listened to the podcast from the very beginning, you've heard Randy before, but it's been a very long time since he's been on. Randy lives up in North Dakota, and he was out here in Utah visiting So we took advantage of the opportunity and we got to uh, hang out and record an episode. And that's what you're about to listen to. I really enjoyed chatting with Randy. It was a lot of fun to sit down with him. Also, 
Randy is right in the middle of the process of starting his own company and organization called Family Council Recovery. So he's got a lot of passion for recovery work. Randy is a addict and he's been sober for a really long time. I don't remember how long it's been, but he's taken that uh, desire of helping people and he's channeling it into this recovery service. So he shares a little bit about that on the podcast. Uh, We also just talk a ton about connection and how important it is and all the different ways that it shows up in our lives. And yeah, it's a good episode. So follow the links in the show notes if you want to go learn more about Randy and find his information. But for now, just uh, sit back and relax and enjoy this episode. Thank you, Randy. We love you. And it was great chatting with you. Here we go. You're listening to the Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is the love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is Love podcast. The podcast for the universe. The Energy is Love podcast. Were we picking up on her breathing? Uh, I don't think so. I thought I heard she was... I think it was me. Was it you? I was matching her pace. I was <laughs> breathing along with Angel. <laughs> There's lots of times we used to record in here all the time. And uh, like in the summertime, when the, not in the summertime, but during the school year when the kids are gone, we would record in here. But now that we're in the summer, we wake up in the morning before the kids get up and then we'll put everything up in our bedroom and sit and record in our bedroom. So then that way we don't have to deal with kids and stuff. But just more comfortable, laid yeah, back, relaxed. Kind of. <laughs> we did it once sitting in bed and that was not comfortable because we couldn't like look at each other. So, but now we have a pretty good system with our stools and sitting across each other. Like the bed is the table in the middle of us and it works pretty well. Huh. Randy, welcome back. How many times were you on the podcast? I know once, obviously. One for sure. I think just one. I think you did oh, it, twice. it twice. I think you've been on twice. I remember one was at the float spa. Yeah. And way, then, way uh, long time ago. Maybe one here. I don't know. I think so. I think you did it. I think, well, you know, we could I actually. I remember one here. Do you? I, I very well remember it. You guys were over there and I was sitting right here. Yeah. I remember because you, yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you realize this. I'm sure you do because I think I've talked about it before. I told you before, but you're, you were the beginning like impetus for the podcast. Did you know that? Explain impetus. That's a, that's a big word. I, I, I remember slightly like we, uh, we, we got together for something. It's because I was going to do a podcast. Yeah. And I still haven't. I still haven't, <laughs> man. Like when you set this up, I'm like, I got one of those. I got one of those. Huh. I didn't know those went together like that. <laughs> but I really want to. So, I mean, it's just been like watching you take it, like from our initial meeting. Mm-hmm. I've got several friends that way, though, that I've met them and I was like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what I'm doing. Like, come and check this out. And then they take it and run with it. And then years later, I'm still just like scratching at the surface, you know? That's a huge I thing, do though. That. I mean, I think that's a big thing that people not that, not that people do, but I think that that's a good thing that you do. Like you bring you bring that energy, you bring something to the people that you love and care about. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, and and I found like maybe it's the same with you, but sometimes, I mean, if you have a message or if, you know, sometimes you're not ready yet to share it, and it takes time to develop. And then when it when it develops and when you share it, it's legit. But if I would have, I, I just don't think I was ready for a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's taken some time to develop. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it definitely does. Same boat. <laughs> yeah. It takes a long time before 
like before you feel ready, also before like just the universe and the timing and everything is lined up perfectly to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have to kind of make the leap. Of yeah. Faith. There, there's something to be said though, about what you, like you've been, and I kind of have, you've been putting episodes out there for several years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three years. So through that process, you've, you've got yourself out there. You've got your message out there. You've expressed yourself, which like when I went to rehab, um, one of the ladies in there, she, she's like, that's so important. Like part of the reason that people turn to drugs and part of the reason that people struggle is because they don't feel comfortable expressing themselves and without like unapologetically. And that's the beautiful thing about your podcast. If you've been able to do that, just kind of put yourself out there. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying like, I think there's a fine line between don't do anything until you're ready. I think that's probably where I've made and mistakes in the past where I could have just been putting stuff out there, even if it's not perfect, it just is what it is, you know, and then refining that over time. The only way to refine it is by just doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. That's the way this podcast was where it was like, uh, I'm just going to do it and put a bunch of shit out there. And then <laughs> over time it's taken a long time to refine it and get it down to. Yeah. Well, you've added, I mean, when you first, <laughs> when you first started, you were just, Kind of, yeah. How did, that, how did that evolve? Uh, bringing Steph on. Yeah. Well, she's been on it. She was on a bunch of the episodes prior to uh, like this year. And um, what happened was the podcast evolved, and I evolved, and I stopped wanting to talk about certain things and topics because I was changing, and what I was interested in was changing, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, rather than like. Because when we started the podcast, it was all energy-based stuff. It was all healing and energy work and, do you know what I mean, that metaphysical stuff. And that was who I was seeking out to interview and talk to and uh, all that kind of stuff. And I got bored with it. I just kind of got tired of talking to people about their their gifts and their talents and the way that they saw energy and worked with energy. And uh, it just was no longer exciting for me. And rather than let the podcast die, uh, I just kept doing it and just let it kind of evolve and grow into what I wanted it to be. And I, I think the more we do it, the longer it's going to continue to do that process. Right. So it's just a really good platform for us to get to share and talk about whatever it is that we want to talk about. And Steph had been on the podcast a bunch uh, for like specific episodes and, uh, like you did episode 88. I was pretty, pretty determined to be on episode 88. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care what we do, but that episode's mine. Yeah. yeah. And then you had some other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got to the point where I'm like, I just like talking to my wife all the time and it was the best, like, I always liked those episodes the most. And I'm like, this is really dumb. We can just always do episodes like there's nothing stopping us, obviously. <laughs> we get yeah. to decide what we want to do. Yeah. And so since the beginning of this year, uh, Steph and I have been on it together now since then. And uh, I don't know. It's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah. It's yeah. been fun. It's been hard. Yeah. There's been times when it's been super challenging and super difficult. Yes, it has. We did a fight episode. Where you guys had a disagreement and you... Yeah. Hashed it out on... On the, on the podcast. We were coming home from Tooele and kind of had been fighting all day long. And uh, as we were coming home, 
I'm like, oh, we should, we should sit down and record this because <laughs> this will be beneficial for people to listen to. And uh, that one was really difficult and hard to do. I don't think you still haven't gone back I and listened to it. I still haven't gone back to listen to yeah. it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't for a while. <laughs> it's been a long time. But I don't know if it's just, am I super? No, you're good. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah, I don't know if it'll be one just because it was so triggering on the already I was upset, but it was like how we're going through it. And I'm like, oh, we're going to put this out for everybody. Seriously. Yeah. Like, OK, I was so. And then I just I don't know. I just don't know. I don't think I want to. It's hard to go back and hear yourself. And obviously, when you are arguing, you're not your best. So I'm not anxious to. I have so many mixed emotions wrapped around that episode. <laughs> we get a lot of good feedback, though. Like, yeah. people liked that episode, too, yeah. and got a lot from it. And, um, I mean, yeah, that's why we do it. Hopefully sparking some things in people's lives and stuff like that. But uh, You got the cold today, Randy. You got to come and uh, experience the ice bath for the first time. So what would you think? It was good. Um, <laughs> it's like anything else in life that's beneficial. It. It takes work and to set a routine and a regimen and say, I'm going to do this consistently is something you have to be dedicated to and probably sacrifice. And I mean, just looking at everything you guys went through today to make it so I could get a nice bath, you know, I mean, I know you were doing it too, but I know a large part of it was kind of letting me do it. The You bought the tub and you filled it up with water and you filtered the water and you went and bought the ice and you got the coolers and you carried everything out there and, you know, that it, it, there's a lot of other things that you could have been doing, you know. I think anymore, um, just the cell phone, short-term scrolling, looking for something and nothing that you you never find. <laughs> There's I found more shivering in water than I would have done scrolling my phone for two or three minutes. So I liked it. It. What did you think of the breath work? So we started with a little bit of the breath work and kind of an introduction to what that looks like. Yeah, well, first of all, I believe it. Like, I, I know that that stuff works. I know that there's a huge disconnection with myself and most of society when it comes to our, our like, self-work and all components of our bodies working together, especially breathing. And I mean, if you look at it, breath is connected to everything. You know, the term, it took my breath away. I mean, there's, there's a reason, like everything is physical and emotional and, and breath is at the center of all of it. And it's, um, I, it's probably been a couple of years ago. I was just playing around with my niece at the swimming pool and I actually, no, this time was, I was just laying in the bathtub. Hold on one sec, babe. Will you go yell at him? Yeah. Go ahead. I was just laying in the bathtub and I started doing breathing techniques and I was, and I didn't even realize that what I was doing was a little bit different, but I started doing breathing techniques and like holding my breath in and swallowing air. Yeah. It's because I listened to that. I listened to a podcast from a deep, um, not a deep diver, but these guys who would descend. Do to, the free diving stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Without tanks. And they would go down like, I don't know, 150 feet or something. They yeah. go down a long ways. So I was, I watched a movie about a documentary about a guy that died because his lungs Anyway, I think when he came up, he came up too fast and his lungs came apart and it, he bled out, his lungs bled out inside because everything was compressed and then it opened up. Yeah. So I was laying in the bathtub 
and I started like swallowing air and doing like breathing techniques. And within like five minutes, I doubled how long I could hold my breath. And that was several years ago. I was like, wow, that's, that's some serious stuff. It's neat, huh? Yeah. How yeah. fast it worked. Yeah. So I, I just, for me, like I believe in all of that stuff, man. I believe in the breathing. I believe in the, also the psych, the psychological aspect of being uncomfortable. I mean that I avoided discomfort for a large, you know, majority of my my young adulthood, and it it's um, I know it's beneficial for sure to and face those things. We still do. Like, do you know what I mean? That's the funny thing is I still don't like. I still have that thing of like, fuck, I don't want to get in the ice. I don't want to do this, uh, and I still do it with the breath work. I told you how we we're doing the breath work every day, and almost every day it's hard to do. Like, it's hard to. I mean, it feels like everything else that we have to push ourselves and challenge ourselves to do, right? Uh, back when I used to like exercise and run and get outside, like every day it was like, you have to get over that little mental push and that little hump of like, just go do it because you know you'll feel better. And it's the same thing with the breath work where it's like, I just need to do it because I know I'll feel better afterwards, but I'm still resisting it super hard. And um, that's why I like the challenge of it, both the ice and the breath work and everything like that, because it is keeping me like in that place of practicing that resistance and working with it and pushing myself into all of these uncomfortable things and facing those fears. And cause it's just cold water and breathing. It's nothing fancy or yeah. hard. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to do it today. I was telling you before that I was just do the ice. Feel, yeah. The ice. I didn't feel strong enough today. I just felt things have been like super challenging and it was like, I, I put on my swimsuit and was ready just in case. Cause if the moment hit, I was going to go into it. I didn't want to have to go change because then the moment would pass. But, um, like your comment about getting you comfortable with fear, being in fear, getting comfortable in fear and uncomfortableness. And like, you've heard that, but today was just my like, okay. So just pushing through to do it. But I definitely brought up more today. Yeah, you were talking about how it, um, <clears throat> that boy. So you can I hear our son him. in the background. Sorry, but he He's forgets. downstairs playing his stupid, what's he playing? PlayStation? No, board? the game, Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite. I'm, I'm guessing he's playing yeah. Fortnite. That's like 90% accurate. So every once in a while, it's something different. Um, oh, my goodness. You're going to have to tell him. I'm going to yell at him. I, well, I try. Asher! <laughs> Asher! You need to be quiet. 100% quiet. You should leave that part in. Understood? Asher! He's being quiet. Do you understand? How old is he? 13. Turn it down and be quiet. What did he call you? Snappy pants. (laughs) Anyways. uh... Well, that was better. I'm like down the stairs. Asher. No. You've got to be quiet. Um... What was I saying? Oh, uh, it was different for you this time. The ice is always different, right? Yeah. It's, there's some similarities at times and then there's times and it's vastly different. And this one was, am I good? Okay. This, yeah, this one was different. I don't know what it is yet. I just feel like emotion and I'm trying to keep it more emotional at at bay, more, more. (laughs) try to keep it at bay until it's free to come out. Be. Cause it's like, no, we, we brought up a lot. So yeah. if I 
burst into tears and get off the podcast. It's okay. I want to go take care of myself. It'll be fine. Did you have anything come up for you, Randy? Not really. I mean, it's, it's more just like um, confronting fear, you know, confront discomfort. I, uh, it's something we have to be able to do. You have to, you have to be able to step into that space. So would I commit to doing that, you know, several times a day for the next few months or cold showers? Not yet. (laughs) No, but I'm sure if I did that, there would be some emotional stuff come up because at some point you'd, you'd look at it like, okay, now I have to go get in an ice bath and I would rather just like, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting your name. My name? Yes. That's okay. You can call me. I'm just going to be a smart ass. Stephanie. <laughs> I, I knew it was, I was going to say Steph, but. That, I go by Steph. It, it's like she was saying that she just wanted to get in a, a warm blanket and a sippy cup. And just, <laughs> I mean, that that's our natural instinct is to just be comfortable, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but we're too lazy. Like we, I think in the last hundred years probably is when we've gotten complacent with being comfortable and now that's become the norm. But I think prior to that, we were never comfortable. You know, like if you go back a hundred years ago, nobody was really comfortable. Maybe a very, very small percentage of society and people were actually comfortable, but everybody else was fighting. Like everybody else was still surviving. Everybody else was still trying to make ends meet, trying to do whatever it was so that you could you know, protect your family and feed your family and all these kind of different things. And so we have a huge history of not being comfortable in any way, shape or form, uh, up until just recently. So yeah. I, it's an interesting, like, as you were saying that it, the thought occurred to me that are we really comfortable? Cause in some ways, like being uncomfortable prepares you for more scenarios in life. Like we were talking out there, like, what would I do if my my van went off the road and, and went into an, an ice cold river in the middle of the winter. Would I be able to, you know, get out of my seatbelt, get my kids out and things like that? So, you know, in our day and age where um, all our basic needs are met, like we're always in a climate controlled house, we have vehicles and um, we can, I mean, even living up in North Dakota and lived up there, sometimes we had to drive 10 minutes just to go to a gas station. Well, here there's 10 gas stations in one minute. Everywhere you go, everything you need is is there. So I, but I think there's an instinctively something that's that's missing with people too that they say, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable, but because everything's so temporary and everything's so superficial, especially with this day of like social media, are we actually really comfortable in the sense that we're prepared? that we have a deep sense of self and an awareness of our value and our relationships. Cause that's true comfort. You know what I mean? That true connection. Like we talk about different chemicals, like oxytocin, you know, is different than, um, dopamine and, and it serves different purposes. And, um, for me, real comfort is connections. It's relationships. Like I haven't, I haven't talked to you for what, a year? It's been a while. And that was a 20-minute phone call, and before that it was six months. Mm-hmm. But I know I could call you at any time of the day or night, and if I needed something that we could arrange an agreement somehow and that you would help me. Absolutely. It'd be resolved. And I hope you would know the same that, you know, for me. 
so those those connections those relationships to me is like true um it brings me comfort knowing that if i really needed somebody's help that craig would be there and i've got my brothers and other people in my family but that um to me that's real comfort and i don't know if people really have that in this day and age no i think probably gosh i don't know i bet the majority of people do you think? I think so. Yeah. Is, I that, think a, the is that an optimistic or? Trying to be optimistic. Yeah. I think the majority of people are connected. But do they utilize it there to the go. full extent? Yeah. They're not aware of it, right? They're, they, don't, mm. they don't appreciate it. They don't, you know. Maybe it's not appreciate. Maybe it's just, it's really hard to reach out. It doesn't matter how down and out you are to reach out and ask for something. That is not easy. Yeah. So appreciate that it's there. Wish they could very much, but. To do it, that's a whole different story for, I feel like, a lot of people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think for the majority who are my people? people? <laughs> yeah. No, the whole aspect of asking for help yeah. is one that we all really suck at. Or what about, you know, you take the analogy of the ice bath, right? Being being uncomfortable for an outcome, for a specific outcome. What about... Um, like, for example, when I were, were say I was working with a family for an intervention and two people in the family don't don't get along or haven't for some time. And there's a lot of emotion there. But the, the person of concern or the person that's addicted to drugs, they what they need is they need to see those people get together. They need to see that those people are on the same page. But those people are unwilling to get in that ice bath. Yeah. Because of their own differences. But if it's, I'm not saying that everybody has to come together and, you know, be perfectly happy instantly, but sometimes relationships are like ice baths. Like you have to, you have to dive into that and you have to have those hard conversations and you have to reconnect for the outcome. And that's, that to me is what we're lacking in our society and what we're lacking in our families. It's, it's difficult. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Before we get, because I can feel like a huge uh, topic coming of like where we're going to go off on this <laughs> stuff. And I'm excited. What were you going to say, babe? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> was a, I resonated with what you said very strongly. Um, free solo. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you just Yeah, yeah. I forgot because I wanted to ask you about it. I want to talk more about it. You mentioned how much that movie affected oh, you. Wow. So the uh, Alex Honnold and his uh, free soul and uh, El, El Capitan. El Capitan. Yeah. I don't know how to say it. And, I always uh, say it Yosemite. wrong. Super good documentary. You can go find it now. A bunch of different places. But uh, what about that gotcha? Going back to the same thing, relationships. When his his girlfriend, first of all, we have an individual here who's who's hyper-focused, tunnel vision on one thing, and that's his passion of climbing right that's his that's his thing by the way this bunch of spoiler alerts if you haven't seen the movie but <laughs> go watch it there's a scene there so just to kind of set the background he's he's kind of a, a socially awkward individual and he admits that like his his wife or his mom kind of admits that that he's i think he's got asperger's Something. Yeah, yeah. And he even was open to that. And he, they went and did some tests to see how his, brain's res, his brain responds to fear. And he has a higher tolerance for, for fear based on certain images they gave him. And they monitor his, his heart rate and stuff. 
anyway, incredible, incredibly talented athlete, right? He is, he has become an expert in rock climbing. He's done it so much and he's visualized so much and put his heart and soul into it. Like to me, the, the anyway, the, the path of the human existence when they put their mind to something is shown in his life. Like how, how the energy or God, how things come together and say, Hey, this, let's, let's give somebody this, this knowledge because they seek it. He, he sought it for a long time and he received that knowledge and that ability. Anyway, coming back to relationships, there's one point in this movie where he, he has this girlfriend and he's starting to develop a relationship for the first time in his life. He's never had a girlfriend before. He's never had a intimate relationship like that before. And he, he kind of talks about that. And they ask him, well, how do you feel? And well, first of all, <laughs> this guy lives in his van. Okay. He's living in his van. He's doing pull-ups with his fingertips in the van. He's eating f- food out of the pan with a spatula. Yeah. Like he's a caveman. <laughs> all he wants to do is be on the mountain and everything else to him is a distraction, mm-hmm. including this girl at times. Right. So I'm watching, uh, I'm watching this scenario play out where this, this girl is, has, is falling, has fallen for this guy. No pun intended on the fall. Right. <laughs> She wants to have a, a family with this guy. And there's a point where the, his entire team is trying to get him, not necessarily actively trying to get him not to, not to make this climb, but they don't want to witness his death. And the likelihood of, I mean, the possibility of him dying on this mountain is very high. I it's, guess we should say like the whole con, or the whole thing is he's he's climbing the tallest peak in Yosemite um, without any ropes or anything like that. He's free climbing it with just him, right? Free solo. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, like some of his team members says, everybody who's ever made free soloing part of their life is dead. Yeah. <laughs> and in order for him to do this, he is essentially, it's compared to like an, an Olympic athlete that has to set a personal record on the day of the Olympics or they die. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's that technical. Yeah. But he's prepared to die. He, he says, hey, anybody could die. And he's right. And that part I respected him for. And that helped me like, you know, just live life more on purpose and just go after, go after whatever it is you're seeking, despite the consequences, whatever they might be. Anyway, I also felt for this man, and I would like to see a follow-up movie, or I'd, I would like to see him develop in his personal life to the point where he had a we got to experience a real bond and a connection with another human being to where that bond and that connection became stronger than his, his desire to climb and possibly die. Not that that's the end. I don't believe it's the end when somebody dies, but there's this time where his girlfriend says to him, if I wanted to, if, if we were to get married and have a child, and if I wanted to do that, like sooner rather than later, would that, influence your desire to go climb this mountain and possibly die and eliminate the option of that happening. And he said, right, looking right in her eyes, no, it would not. And he meant it. And he was very forward with her. And you could tell that it crushed her. Right. And, and that is what it is. Maybe that they're maybe they're not gonna get together. Maybe it's not a fairy tale. But 
there's something to be said about connection and about the human desire to connect with other people that I believe is a much greater fulfillment of our existence than what he experiences just climbing. And maybe that's when children come in to the existence, come into the equation. Maybe he'll see that when he holds his first child. I don't know. I'm not judging him. He can climb a mountain and die if he wants. That's his choice. And he obviously knows that. But it did get me to think about what we pursue in this life. And when it comes to the depth of the human experience, the it's, it's relationships. It's connection to other human beings that ultimately I've felt is the deepest bonds and the deepest range of emotion and the greatest joy and the greatest challenge and even more so than, um, you know, some skill or some venture. I think I've come to, uh, like really, really, truly believe that connection with other people, like in the deepest form, right. in the stuff that you're talking about connection at that real base, deep human level is as important as food, water, and shelter where it is a necessity for survival. And when we go, just like if we were to go, you know, 30 days without having any food, we're going to have ramifications of it. So when we go years and years and years of not having connection with people on a real deep level, there's ramifications for it. And it's, it's as integral, I think, to our existence, to our health, to our well-being, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all these different ways as simple, basic food and water and shelter. And I think that's the biggest thing that is affecting culture and society today is the lack of that deep connection, the surface level connection that we have across the board with, do you know what I mean? Different people and things like that. It, it's, it's, it's just not as good. Do you know, it's, it's like junk food. <laughs> it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not beneficial. Yeah. It's going to sustain you and keep you moving and keep you going. But if you just have a steady diet of junk food, eventually it's going to catch up to you. And I think that's what this surface level connection stuff is, where it kind of keeps you moving and keeps you going, but eventually it's going to catch up and you're going to realize where society as a whole is going to realize how, how much it, um, you know, just jacks everything up because that's what we're seeing, I think, in the way, uh, that people are disconnected from one another. And a lot of the issues that are stemming from what I think is just that core basic thing of like that deep connection and how important and integral it is and how, how much we just don't value it. What do you think, babe? I'm going to go connect, uh, my foot upside the kid's head down in the basement. Don't do that. Cause he's not doing a good job listening to us, but I, don't know. I am going to go yell at him some more. Okay. You know, you want to walk away to do it? Should we wait? Are you going to whisper down the stairs like me or? I won't keep, uh, I won't whisper, but keep talking. So now sure? I'm like shivering still. Yeah. Yeah. From that. Like, do you want a blanket? <laughs> no, I like it, but my, my arms and my core is still like trying to warm up. You can still fill out. Yeah. Yeah. You said something when we were just starting about, uh, doing a cold shower once a week. Yeah. Yeah. Did I, I say that? You did. <laughs> It was before we hit record, though, so... So if I did a cold shower, what I would do is I would get, like, that little sponge thingy with some Dove mm-hmm. soap, like, that comes in the shampoo bottle, and I would apply the Dove soap in all the necessary areas, 
completely dry. And then I would hurry, turn it on and rinse it off as fast as I could. And I'd get out and dry off. <laughs> oh, that would be miserable. Uh, he can do the full. What I do is I just take my regular shower, my warm shower. I take my regular shower. And then at the end, I finish it with some days it is 10 seconds. Some days it's just, it's nothing. And some days it's five minutes. Just to get that shock value. Of, yeah. And then you can really get into it. A couple of times I've started cold and then went to warm and then went back to cold. But uh, yeah, I don't do, I don't know. My brain can't, I don't know. I, I think you need to have warm water. Maybe you don't. I understand cavemen didn't. However, <laughs> maybe they lived in the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I like the warm shower and then finishing it up with a cold. It just, for me, that feels good and gets me going. Yeah, I'll have to experiment with it. I'll have to, I'm not sure if my warm shower is something I'm willing to, to give up yet. Just play around with it and go mm-hmm. back and forth. Because that's also stretching those mm-hmm that system in your body, right? So those veins get to constrict and then open and constrict and open. So going back and forth from the hot and the cold is totally like healthy and beneficial and good. And Well, yeah. And I also think it drives home the point that sometimes you just have to do things that you don't usually do. Anytime you can disrupt that subconscious programming, right? It's like a firing order. And anytime you can like disrupt that firing order, it that's when our, what is it? The neural length, the neuro plasticity of our brain or however you say that it it's like with children when they you know when they can learn a new language so much faster than adults can the only way to accelerate that process at our age now is to disrupt that firing order is to do something different it it's i mean it's shown that when people do something new when they have a different emotion that they haven't experienced for a long time or they disrupt their their daily routine that it it opens up, you know, the brain to be able to, to receive information and change at an accelerated rate. So I, um, I think I'll try one a week and come back and report. I didn't Just do it every day. It's so I easy. I didn't start at straight cold either. I like, cause our shower's the spinny one. It's not the double knob. So it was like, here is where I would keep it here. Like way over. Everybody can see my hands. So <laughs> this is for you. I would keep it on the hot. towards the hot. And yeah. Like literally, I like, like my hot baths. I like my hot shower. I was like, I always had, I would wear leggings under my Levi's to keep myself. (laughs) I am in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) She's a never nude. I'm a never nude, but I wouldn't go cold all the way. I would just like bring it to a school. I would have, I'd had to work myself to that. And then I thought, oh man, this is good. And then it's over here. I'm like, that's as cold as it gets. I know. And then I went, "Oh, oh shit. So just like work yourself to it, I think is okay as well. You don't have to. Yeah, you definitely you don't, don't have just to have to jump in, in and you go can. cold shower. So, you know, uh, you I don't know if you do, you know, obviously my brother, Robbie, uh-huh. when he, when he served his mission, when he's, he was in the missionary training center, there wasn't enough hot water for everybody. So after the second day, instead of him like waiting in line, but with the rush, he just was like, screw you guys. And he would just sleep in a little bit or go do something else. And he would come after everybody was gone and he would just take cold showers. He just took cold showers every day for like <laughs> six weeks. Yeah. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to follow you guys like a bunch of sheep and wait and try to compete for the warm water. He just made up his mind. I'll just take cold showers. So it worked for him. Did he, got- he do the, the dry wash first and then just jump in like you described? I don't know. I'm sure they weren't like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so refreshing. 
It's cold up there too, and because uh, it's North Dakota, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you get cold, cold, cold. You get the real cold. Yeah, some days you do. The humidity is. Um, I mean, it's like anything else. You, I remember, like you were talking about this Wim. This, mm-hmm. this yeah, guy Wim Hof can mentally take him. You know, control his body temperature. There was a couple times when I would I was working on a truck and I needed to get it done, and I would just uh, go out. You know, it's negative thirty with the wind blowing 10 to 30 miles an hour. And, you know, the worst part is the 80, 90% humidity. It'll, uh, it's cold. Like there's, there's a couple of times where I remember my, um, the wind was blowing in my eyes and then it made my eyes water and then it froze to where I could hardly see in a matter of 10 seconds, you know. But it, yeah, it, it would get cold, but, um, I remember one time I would just go out like, I got to finish this. So I got used to it, not working in it all the time, but there are guys that work up there in the winter out, out outside. And it, 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 you know, it's like anything else, preparation, having the proper tools and proper equipment after the first few days, you just kind of set in, settle into your routine. You just adapt. You, know. you describe that, and I think how, like, really? Like, you already do cold showers. You're just dry. <laughs> well, like, no. how, how are, that's, that's a dry ice bath, right? But again, that was just, that was like one one experience I had several years ago. I wouldn't, there was one time when I was driving truck where I wanted to lose weight. So I, and even driving truck up there in the middle of the winter, you know, a lot of guys will just wear shorts and a shirt. And then, because it's warm in the truck. But I started to roll the windows down and I would wear a t-shirt. And for probably for about six weeks, I kept the temperature in the truck, um, you know, right around 60 degrees. And I think I lost like 15 pounds just just driving, sitting there. Yeah. Because I was constantly in that. I wasn't shivering, but my body was, it's like you had the thermostat turned up and you had all the windows open and all the doors open in your house. What would your power bill be? I mean, it's up there, you know. So I like to say I've experienced, um, I've lived in Arkansas for two years and then I lived in North Dakota for six years and they both have high humidity and one's extremely hot and one's extremely cold. So I like to say I've had the the full range of, (laughs) I'm sure there's hotter places and colder places, but. Um, I think it, like I'm always constantly surprised and amazed and like still today even though i've done so many different things and pushed myself so many different ways like i'm still always amazed at how much we have capacity for do you know what i mean like the silly thing of like sitting in an ice bath is challenging and it's hard and all this kind of stuff and you wouldn't think that you could do it and then you just do it and it's like we have like way more capacity for things than we really give ourselves credit for or that we even really know do you know what i mean the human body, the human mind, the, the ability to stretch and mold and push itself to the extremes. Like I always love listening to, uh, episodes of podcasts where they've got those guys that do like the ultra marathons or, you know, like the guy that's going to walk across Antarctica by himself or whatever it is, all these feats that humans do <clears throat> like it's inspiring, but it's also just a really good reminder of like, everybody has that capacity to do more. You just have to find out what it is for you, what you resonate and connect with, and then start stretching and pushing yourself because we all have the ability to do it. And I just love it. Like I still, like I was saying, I just, even my own self, I still am like surprising myself all the time with how much I can 
do, how much I can take, how much I can stretch, all these kind of different things. Yeah. So, I mean, it raises the question though, what is the, like for the average person, what's, what's the, um, the motive, what's the reason to push? You know what I mean? I think that as we'll get into a little bit, but, um, one of the things that I have a specific interest in is, is interventions with family, drug and alcohol interventions or any interventions, even if it's a business deal that went bad between a, a family members, you know, but what is our, what is our motive to test those boundaries? You know, you hear the term all the time. You hear, anytime I hear somebody say, I'll do my best. I won't had a guy tell me, you don't know what your best is because you've never done your best. I'm like, damn, he's right. How do you do your best? You don't know what your best is. You've never been pushed or challenged beyond your own barriers and boundaries and your own emotions to even experience maybe 10% of what your best is because you've never had to. Like, I'm not a great swimmer, but if my boat capsized, capsized 10 miles out of the ocean, could I swim 10 miles? I'll bet you I could. <laughs> I'll bet you damn well I could. Yeah. And I don't know how, and maybe I only make it three. But damn, I couldn't swim three miles today, I guarantee it, you know? So it's those things of like um, finding out what your best is. And I think that we have a lot of preconceived notions and we have a lot of generally accepted beliefs in our in our societies. And um, one of those things coming back to connections is is the power that individuals have and families have to influence each other. And uh, one of the things that sticks out to me a lot is this concept of there's nothing you can do. And to some degree, I understand that because everybody has their choice. That's the one thing that I believe God gave everybody was their choice. And that's theirs. And that's only theirs and independently theirs. And he'll never take it from us. It's ours. Everybody has their choice. But there's this commonly believe or commonly accepted belief out there that if somebody's going through something, that there's nothing that the family can do. And I call BS on it. I think that there's there's so much more potential and energy and persuasion power um, through connection and through relationship and, th- and through communicating that's never even tapped into that is just wasted because of what's uncomfortable, the ice bath, so to speak. Like, I'm not getting in there. I'm not jumping into the lion's den right like there's there's emotions in our families and in our relationships that go that go back thousands of years and um if we're willing to get on that ice bath if we're willing to like step into some of those conversations i i think that our ability what we can actually accomplish with helping those that we love skyrockets Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you to some degree and some extent. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with like, uh, the desire to, right? Like I think about, um, my family and my dad and my two older brothers. And right now I don't have what I would like, I don't have the level of connection, uh, with any of them that I really want. And I've tried over the years to strengthen that connection or try to uh, just make that relationship stronger. <clears throat> and it it doesn't seem to work. You know, it doesn't seem to uh, 
ever turn out the way that I want it to. It doesn't ever seem to kind of, it just doesn't. And so it, it feels like at this point in time that like first and foremost, I'm just like done. Like I don't have the energy to devote any more time to trying to build those relationships because it feels like I'm pissing in the wind, right? I'm the only one that's doing anything. <clears throat> and then second, like it just feels hopeless because what is the point <clears throat> when they're not reciprocating, when they're not, do you know what I mean? I, I can show up, but if I'm the only one showing up to do anything, then what's the point? Uh, especially in just those type of relationships, because obviously we're not, you know, in the same home anymore. We don't live together anymore, all those kind of things. So they, the relationship takes work regardless. Uh, and I feel like it takes more work because we have grown so uh, distant from one another. Have you ever expressed that to him? Um, yes and no. Yeah. In one way, do you know what I mean? In some way, shape or form. As clearly and as openly as you just did to me. Uh, I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, maybe not those exact words, uh, and not with all of them. I have a brother of mine, um, that lives in Ohio and we haven't seen him in several years. He hasn't been back to Utah and it's not like we're taking vacations to Ohio. Um, <laughs> uh, so I haven't had a chance to really speak that clearly to him. What were you going to say, babe? That just like hit so loud. Maybe that's it. He's always the one that comes out here. Maybe he just wants to see if at any point somebody's going to go to him. Yeah. We should totally go to Ohio. Uh, well, remember I went. I went there once. Oh, that's right. And he and wasn't, he wasn't well, home. Oh, I think he needs more than he does. A little, like a little notice. Well, sounds like that was kind of a shot in the dark too. Like, hey, I'm in Ohio. Are you here? <laughs> yeah, that's totally what it was. Hey, I'm going to be there next week. Are you going to be around? Um, these, uh, these, these are difficult scenarios. And that's why I originally asked the question, what is our motive? What is our reason? Because, yeah, Sorry. it's okay. It's, it's just fine. angel quick clapping. Get her to stop. She's okay. It. She hey, she's been she's been better than uh, Fortnite. <laughs> what is our um, what is you know they say necessity is the mother of invention, and I'm just I'm in the same boat as you, Craig. Like, I have a I would say I have a good relationship with my father and my brothers, but not as good as as, as I do with my cousin. I could call my cousin right now and talk to him about anything, and it would be a little bit of an ice bath to call my brothers and talk to them about certain things. Yeah. You and I have better conversations on the phone than I do with my brothers. Right. But let's change the scenario a little bit. Let's say there's an earthquake and everything in our life changes. Um, surely like you're going to have other people you can talk to and other things you need, but what if for some reason you need to get together with your family? And you guys decide that, hey, we're going to, we're going to kind of hunker down together or we're going to draw upon the experiences that we've had together, whether it was outdoor survival or whatever it might've been, you know, I guess what I'm saying is there comes times in our lives where I believe that we're given opportunities to mend those relationships, but, but there has to be a decision made. And we can't force anybody to jump on that ship. But there's a t there's an opportunity there given the motive. Like, for example, I keep coming back to this, but this, if there's a family and let's say their 22-year-old their son is, is slamming heroin, living down street, down Salt Lake right now, homeless, 
and they're no different than us. They have a family, they know each other, but they're not super connected. But yet they all wonder like, what if this is the last time? What if this is it for him? He could overdose tomorrow and he could, right? But the motive there might be different for them to talk than it is for you right now just to randomly connect with your brother in Ohio, right? But what if what if that connection to to your sibling or to your family member is the only step that will create enough unity and forge the path for somebody else in that family to see an example of how to live and to have the support and the connection they need to overcome their challenges. Then we have a different motive. Then we have a different reason to get, get in that ice bath. You know? Yeah. I think, um, I mean, part of me is bitter, right? Part of me is kind of, uh, because I feel like over the past several years, I've made cope, not copious amounts, not meaning like every single you know week or month or anything like that, but I've made a lot of effort to try to connect with my dad and then my other brother that lives here in Utah. And um, like, I'm just kind of, uh, what I realized was I was holding on to the idea of what I wanted those relationships to be and the role that I wanted them to play in my life. I was holding on to this idea that really never existed. It was always just a deep desire that I had, but I never really had it. And rather than continue to like struggle to have that connection, to have those relationships I just realized that, oh, I can have that, that the, the thing that I was desiring, the connection that I was desiring from men, um, I could create that with other people. I could have sure. that with other people. And just the fact that they weren't biologically my, my father or my brother didn't mean that it didn't still have uh, the same amount of weight behind it. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So then it was a matter of, letting go of that picture that I had in my mind of what the relationship with my father would be or with my brother would be and recognizing how strong I have uh, those connections and those relationships with other men in my life already and just bringing awareness to it. And then it made it a lot easier in a sense. But there is always that little bit of piece of it that's like the longing for, do you know what I mean? I think every kid in some way, shape or form goes through that thing where they they have a picture of what their life is supposed to be or what their mom and dad are supposed to be or what their family is supposed to be, right? It's almost like we have this um, vision inside of our head of how things are supposed to be and it never works out that way. And so there's a little part of us that is always like saddened by, you know, it wasn't what we'd hoped it would be or what it was going to be. Sure. And I think that's, I think that's all it is for me. What do you think, babe? Um, can you think of like a vision oh, that you've no, had no, of no, your no. child? <laughs> I can definitely think. I have a lot. I'm just trying to decide do I talk about me or like your stuff. Um, don't talk about my stuff. There's so much more. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I don't know that like what you just said, Randy, just like threw me into such a a spin because I am. Um, 
about like, you know, there's always more you put in, in there. You can do it. Uh, your that wasn't verbatim by any means, but, um, I, I, my whole, I've been so stuck on, there's more I can do. There's the right answer. I just can't find it. I have to know it. I know that there's something that I can do. Where is it? Where is it? I have to find, I have to keep trying and trying and trying and trying and love more and understand more and give more. And it has just been taking me out and nothing ever works that way. You know, like the more I give the less that works. And I've just barely added a word that I have not been adding to my like who and it's surrender and just like letting go, not surrender as in like victimize and I give in just like, yeah, I can't do it. I have to let go because there's like the things it's, it's been too much. And then you, you sit there and then you say that and I'm like, well, shit, is that my sign? Am I supposed to be doing more? Keep going. There is the right answer. Why did I give up? So <laughs> now I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Is this the challenge to continue to surrender? Or did you just speak to me and I need to do more? I don't know. My brain is just not, I don't know. I need to go get back in the ice bath, figure this shit out. <laughs> well, if you remember, what did we do before we got in the ice bath? We did breath work. We did the breathing. Mm-hmm. And what was the purpose of that? That per- I mean, what, what was the purpose of the breathing? at that moment it has different at different times uh peace regulation all your body stuff but at that moment i just wanted to be able to get in the ice bath i just wanted to be able to do it so i don't think i got the good point because i just i wanted to prepare my body so i could do it that was that was the only focus i had well for me it was um learning to be content yeah with some expectations not met with some discomfort i think that's the beauty of the ice of the breathing with the ice bath and and not and doing uh comparing that to hey i'm okay being content with where with how things are however i'm also okay with being discom with uncomfortable and doing something new and seeing what the result of that is knowing that i can't control it my, my thing is not to paint this perfect picture of every relationship we've ever had being perfect. It's to find this sweet spot between we're content where we are with our deep breathing and with our self-awareness. However, we're also actively engaged in advancing our relationships and our connections and believing that there can be a greater connection a greater future i mean it's the same thing with these families that i work with where they get so caught up and so sucked into like one person in the family that's drawing energy from everyone the first thing they have to do is they're breathing you got to breathe you have to take care of yourself and be and be comfortable with that space knowing that you can't control everything that's the first thing in an, in an airplane when it's going down. The, the very first mask you put on is yourself, your, your own, right? Before you help other people. Or yeah. So, so finding that that self-awareness, that self-contentment. And then also simultaneously knowing that, hey, I'm going to get in the ice bath. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to try to at least express myself. And so that if I need to look back in five years... I can say, I, I, I let out everything that was in me. 
Everything I knew how to do or thought about doing, I did it. And that that's the best I could do at that time. I didn't hold anything in and let it reside or keep resisting it. And of course it keeps coming back. That which we resist persists, right? Just over time. So I want to ask you about, um, because <clears throat> uh, we're talking a lot about connection and the importance of it with family and friends and all this kind of stuff. And I think it is super important, obviously. <laughs> um, tell me, Randy, what are you doing? I've got a bunch of questions actually that I want to ask you. I forgot there was a whole other topic of stuff that I want to talk to you about. But uh, um, what do you do to not just strengthen, but um, maintain, build, and facilitate the connection with yourself? Because just as important it is to have that connection with other people. And I talked earlier about how I think it's just as important as like food and water and everything like that. Uh, but I think that connection with ourself and being in tune with ourself, um, not just how we're feeling, how we're thinking, how our physical body is, all those kind of things I think is massively important as well. So what do you do to strengthen and build that connection with yourself? Well, I would say that if I were to score myself on a one to 10 scale of how well I'm doing right now, connecting to self, it's probably not great. It's been up and down over the years. Um, What's it at now? Like a two or three, maybe six? Yeah, I don't know. That's such a deep, it's so deep, you know, maybe a six right in there somewhere. It's so deep because it's something that um, when you stop and think about it in a situation like this, when you're asked, you're like, oh yeah, I am here. My, I am connected with myself. But if you don't get asked that question, if you're just going about your life, then you, you know, you're just in your, in your routine subconsciously, you know, just moving through life. But some of the, are you talking about specific techniques or like daily, daily behaviors yeah, that I believe like, in or that I do or... So right now, if you're if you're at a six, let's say 10 is like super connected with yourself, with how you're feeling, you're kind of moving through each day mindfully conscious and aware of, you know, your thoughts and your feelings and all that kind of stuff. And one is like, I don't know, just the complete opposite of whatever that would be. Yeah. Uh, so if you're like at a six right now, what is keeping you from getting closer to a 10 and what has caused you to come down from wherever you may have been previously. Does that make sense? Like what's affecting your connection with yourself right now? I think one of the things that I, that I have ha I've had to confront daily is expressing myself and like putting things out there that I think the world needs. Like, so with you guys, I'm, I'm fine with this. Like I'm, I'm working on an interventionist career, you know, working with families. And, um, that's, that's what I feel like my gift is. But when it comes to how that actually looks in the, in the real world, you know, there's a lot of doubts that creep in. Oh, well, I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to 10 years of school. Well, then my logical brain's like, well, most doctors only got like 10 hours of addiction study anyway. Hell, half the doctors are what caused this shithole. You know, it's like, what is the world looking for? There's just that self-doubt of you're not good enough. You don't know enough. You haven't researched enough. Therefore, be quiet. 
you know. So a 10 to me is just like, man, if I was a 10, first of all, like three in the morning when I, when I wake up for some random reason, I would go right to like, to a specific place and I would say a prayer and I would journal and I would write a plan. I would plan out my day and I'd go back to sleep. And when I got up at six or seven in the morning, I would get that plan and I would go. I would push live on Facebook and I would just express myself like with 100% confidence. Like, look, if you're struggling right now, if you got a family member doing heroin, if you're going through something, look, this is what came to me at three in the morning. Take it for what it is. I'd go about my day with a workout, um, spend some time with my kids. And lately I found a lot of, a lot of connection with, uh, astrology like, have you seen that app that you can point up at the sky and it tells you where the planets are? Uh-huh. It's crazy. Everybody <laughs> I ask about that, it's like, oh, yeah, I knew about that. I just found that. <laughs> I just found that app like a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just in love with it. Like the Jupiter, you know, that, and the, 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 this, uh, light travels, it can go around the world seven and a half times in one second. That's the speed of light. You know, and just the order and the elements and the way everything works together. So, I mean, I don't know if that answers your questions, but prayer is a big thing for me, meditation. And then um, just being me and not worrying about what 80% of the population thinks because those people probably don't care. It's you, it's my brothers, it's, it's those who I know that matter. And those people care enough that I value their feedback and the others don't care enough. I, a lot of times, you know, I've let them get in my way. Of, Do you ever listen to much uh, or read anything from uh, Brene Brown? Mm-mm. Have you ever heard of her? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, Stephanie and I absolutely love her. And if she's listening, she gets the free pass to come on the podcast. However, <laughs> often and frequently she wants and will come to you. Um, wherever you're at, but, uh, she's a, she's a licensed clinical social worker and, um, she has this wealth of, uh, work that she's put out. She's written tons of books. She's just got like a brand new Netflix special on and everything like that. But her work is really, um, I don't even know how to describe it and I'm going to do a terrible job describing it, but it's like, it's based around human relationships and people and kind of the way that we are and how we are and why we are. And they have done copious amounts of like clinical researching and studies over the past 10, 15, 20 years. So her data is very, very much driven by those studies where it's actually working with people who are suffering from PTSD or, you know, whatever the case may be. And um, she's just got a ton of really, really good work out there. So first and foremost, go find something of hers and just read it. Go ahead. I was going to shame is her big thing she she researches Mm -hmm. shame shame yeah Yeah. it's huge um but she talks about she's got this thing that she talks about where uh like taking feedback or uh criticism from people who aren't in the arena and she talks about the arena in the sense of like you're there showing up kind of like not in the gladiator sense of like you're in the arena fighting, but like if you're showing up in life and you're trying to do something to better yourself, to influence your family, to better society as a whole, like you're showing up and you're in the arena and there's absolutely zero reason to take criticism or flack or 
feedback from people who aren't in the arena. And I butcher it completely, right? Mm -hmm. She has a much well, more I mean, I eloquent think way of describing well, it's, it. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt's quote. Oh, is so it? So she's bringing it from that. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> no, yeah. it's is she like that's her she like her staple. She expands upon it very deeply, and that's what hit her. And she it hit her in such a way that when she delivers it, it also hits you. And it's that same. If like I want to be in the arena where it's happening with the people that are in the arena, and sorry, you're good. So yeah, I'm not going to say it any better. It's just that feeling, and just to go research that and. While I'm covered in mud and dirt, blood, and I may be failing, I keep getting up and going. And the people that are criticizing me, they're not in there. They're in the bleachers. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they say. The, the opinions and the feedback that I'm going to value are the ones that know what it's like to be in the arena that are in there with me. So if you're willing to take a nosedive, then I definitely want to hear what you have to say yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, the only thing I can think of that would be valuable for you know, at least noting the feedback from people in the arena would be what are the commonly accepted, what is the culture that we live in? Yeah. Because a lot of the times those people will echo, you know, like for addiction, for example, it's um they have to hit rock bottom. Yeah. And they, that's something that the people in the arena would probably say. You know, it's like, oh, they have to hit rock bottom. Yeah. And well, that's, that's a statement, but there's an entire conversation around that. Like, what does that look like in reality? I mean, what is rock bottom is can rock bottom be, you know, can we, can we influence rock bottom? Can we help influence the timing of when the rock bottom happens? The problem I think we get into is where like what I've done is I generally, I mean, everybody likes to be liked, yeah, right? Wants to be liked by people. Mm -hmm. But I, I kind of, um, I enjoy living my life to where I don't, I feel like I don't have any beef with anybody. Yeah. I mean, we do this thing, like I went to, um, there's this, there's a thing we do in our church where there's this prayer that we say with people and there's this spot where they say, if anybody has any unkind feelings towards people, then, you know, you don't have to participate in this prayer. And I told my brother that the other day, I said, I don't feel like there's anybody on the world in the world that I couldn't participate in this prayer with. Like I, I kind of pride myself or I enjoy living in that space of not, I don't have enough resentment or hate or anger towards anybody that I couldn't pray with them and, and do it sincerely. Hmm. So when you, I know I've never been comfortable with um, contention. Like I, I've never really enjoyed fighting. And I like, you know, and when you're younger, you look at the kids that fight in school as cool. But then as you get older, you realize, no, they were just like struggling. Yeah. And they were expressing themselves through fighting. And that's not really cool. And then when you're older, you find yourself getting in situations, you're like, man, I shouldn't have done that. That, that was a, that was a wrong example for my children and for my family and my community. But there's that. I, I have struggled with that. Like even now I'm about to put some things out there with advertising for these interventions and I've already made up my mind. Like I just, I'm not going to read the comments. Like I'm not going to, if it's yeah. a negative comment, I'm just not going to read them because it's, I didn't, I didn't make it for them. Like I'm making it for the people that need it and that resonate with it. And if it doesn't resonate with them, then I didn't make it for them. They're not qualified for the message. But I haven't gone through that yet. I'm, 
I'm not trained yet. And I think some people, you know, they've had to experience that and go through that. And this lady, it sounds like she's a master at experiencing that and explaining that with the arena analogy. So I definitely have to listen to her. Yeah, she's awesome. Just go watch her Netflix special and then devour every book she's ever written. I would start with the, oh gosh, she's snoring. Not Brene. She's got a um, TED Talks too. Yeah, I was trying to think. It was I like going to start with uh, Braving the Wilderness, which was incredible, <laughs> or the TED Talk before you go to the Netflix special, which you absolutely should. Braving the Wilderness. Braving the Wilderness. It's one of her books, right? Yeah. Or um, Daring. No, Dra- Daring Greatly. I think I like. Oh God, they're all so good. Daring Greatly. Which I think I like YouTube better. Which one's the YouTube or the Netflix? Which one would I watch if I wanted to start? I that? think it's called the, the Power Talks. of Vulnerability. Yeah, if you I think just they're both that, aren't they? Google Brene Brown on YouTube. You'll find yeah. all of her shit. You'll have a Brene. plethora of stuff. Yeah, Brene. It's B R E N E. Brown. Mm-hmm. Is she married to Les Brown? I no. don't know. <laughs> Who's he, Les Brown? He's a, he's a motivational speaker. He's great. Uh, no. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. She's it's so amazing. funny how. Um, so you're talking about like. Uh, you know, being, everybody has that same thing. Like literally the more and more people that we talk to, the more and more people that we work with, everybody has that same thing where they're concerned about what other people are thinking and how other people are going to view them. And it's not just society as a whole, but the individual people that they associate with their loved ones. Do you know, I'm constantly on edge and nervous about what Stephanie is thinking about me and how she's viewing me and how she's going to react to me you know, the person that I'm most connected with. So <clears throat> that isn't always apparent. <laughs> Sometimes I was, like, I was nowhere in that thought process. <laughs> but it's such a human, I think it's so innately human that it speaks volumes to me of how important connection is because we value it so much. Because if she, meaning you, beautiful woman, uh, if she doesn't love me or if I offend her or if I upset her, then I lose that connection with her. And I value that connection so much because it's feeding me so much. And I think that's why everybody is so, you know, not just paranoid, but that's why it's such a present thing for everybody is being concerned about how other people see them, view them and how they're going to be accepted really at the end of the day, simply because that connection is so important. Yeah, I think you're right. It just hit as you did. I think you did it well where there's opposites and every, everything has an opposite and it has to, in order for that connection to be there, there has to be that fear of a lack of connection or that discontentment with a lack of connection. Like, Hey, something's missing here. You know, that clearly I'm not connected with this person. They're not connecting with me. And I, I feel that as opposed to, Oh, we're connecting beautifully. And I, I feel that too. You know, there has to be that opposites in all things. So so what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to try harder? Or am I supp- supposed to surrender? <laughs> like, what is the, none of that came clear. You do my both. Indie- you do How both do you at do the both? same time. Cause you have to be okay with, uh, you have to be okay with. You didn't tell me anything. That's <laughs> <laughs> not an answer. You have to be okay with surrendering, babe, and letting go because there's too many things to fight against. But I've been working so hard and you hit me so clear with that. You sure it was me? Well, somebody was sitting in your seat and they looked a lot like you. So, What do you think you should do? I don't have a clue. I think everything that I'm doing is proving to be wrong. So I am hitting that wall of the harder I try, the farther 
everyone goes. The harder I try to fix something, the more it breaks. So that's why I'm like, maybe if I just don't touch the damn thing, it will stop breaking. So I hit that like, surrender, 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 surrender. And like, I don't know. I think you hit something here that, can I jump in real quick? Of course. I think you hit something here that's important too, is you just said everything I try. I didn't hear a we in there. There's um, maybe if you got two or three people that you love and you tried it with them together, one of two things will happen. Either you'll get a different result or you'll have more support through the process and be more content with the outcome, whatever it is. Does that make sense? I can see some situations how maybe that might but then other situations, I'm like, no, I can't. I just, it doesn't involve anybody else other than. At least not directly. At least not directly. Yeah. But it involves you and you're connected with them. So isn't it involving them as well? Oh, I don't know. It's tough no, not knowing the context. Know. Yeah. It's, it's really tough not knowing the details of this. It's just, um, one oh, of the, I don't know. What are you looking at? What are you thinking? I'm <laughs> just looking at you. You gave baby. me. You had an epiphany. No, it wasn't epiphany. It wasn't epiphany. You no, had I'm something. Just looking at you, Epiphan- sweetheart. Epiphany. <laughs> we had that in a, like one or two episodes ago. Steph came up with that word accidentally. Epiphany. Epiphany. I just said it wrong, and I was like, "No, that works." <laughs> yeah, an epiphany is an epiphany that you have that is specific to you as an individual. So it's something that's important and significant to you right now in this present epiphany, moment. Yeah. An epiphany. That's just for you. Well, here's all I can tell you what I, why I bring that up. Yeah. It's called strength in numbers. And clearly, like, we all agree if you take one strand of rope, it's not as strong as if you take 10 strands of rope. Or there's a story about a, a, a father who passed around a bundle of sticks to his kids before he died and said, here, try to break these. Who's the strongest of my son's? And this guy, they took the sticks and they couldn't break them. And then when they came back to the father, he took the rubber bands off of them and he passed out sticks individually. And he said, now here, break it. And the, and the kids could break the sticks. And he said, I'm, gonna, I'm leaving. But you guys together are unbreakable. But if you divide and if you can't come together and, and join in unity, then the world will break you. But if you can stay together, at least on the important things, the world can't break you. And I work with the Arise model of interventions, and it's it's scientifically backed. It's got studies all over, written in journals all over the world, and they've done a lot of a lot of research about how to help humans change. And what they found is that the best way to do it is to have a group of people do it together. And there's several reasons for that. One is that the individual who's like desiring the change the most, they're called the CO, or it's called the concerned other. So if I get a call from a a person saying, hey, my son's struggling, that's the concerned other. And oftentimes they're overwhelmed because they've been trying to do it all themselves. But when they get, again, it's difficult, but when they jump into the ice bath and they call their brother they haven't talked to in three years and said, listen, I'm struggling you know, Billy's living down, down on the block. He's homeless. He's using heroin. Would you mind coming to dinner so we can talk? 
And she opens up to her brother, and all of a sudden there's two of them. They make a connection. Well, then Billy, you know, it, that just it just evolves to where there's eventually what's called a sober or a um, support network, and that support network is there for each other, even if even if their son never comes around. You know, the timing's off. They're there for each other, and they and it's the same principle as a, a twelve step meeting or a family dinner. It's not, it's not complicated. It's all simple. But this, but the research does show that if I were to approach my loved one one one-on-one, it's me versus them and the addiction or them and the situation at hand, whatever it is. But if I were to approach them with several people that are all united, even if they don't 100% agree with everything, but if they agree that, Hey, Billy's at risk here. And we need to go throw him a life vest. At least see if he'll put it on. If they agree on that, the statistics, the numbers are just a lot better that he's going to throw it on, that they're going to be able to make some change. And it's it's a long-term process. That's the other thing. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the TV show Intervention. Not for years. I saw it years ago. Well, essentially they, you know, they, they throw in a surprise intervention mm-hmm. on their loved one. Everybody gets together, they invite them over for a birthday cake, and then they say, surprise, we're, we're sending you to rehab or else we're cutting you off. And it all happens in a matter of an hour. Yeah. The Arise model is completely different. It's very transparent, very open. Hey, we're getting together as a family. We have some concerns. We would love for you to join us next Tuesday at 6. If they don't show up, okay. But the rest of the family gets together. And the interesting thing is a lot of times they'll show up because they don't, they want to know what they're going to miss, right? They don't want to be excluded. So I do know that there's, there's help. Like, even if it's just getting the personal support you need in, in this and what we're doing now, like getting support for whatever it is that you're battling right now internally and how to respond. Um, you don't have to do it alone. I mean, you can obviously, you have you have people that can support you through that process. So it goes all the way back to the beginning, babe, where we all need help. Yeah. We just gotta ask for it. <laughs> 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 do you have anything that you want to throw out, Randy? Any way people can find you or anything like that? Do you have any of that shit up yet that you want to throw yeah, out? Yeah, familycouncilrecovery.com. Um familycouncilrecovery at gmail dot com. That'd probably be the best ways right now. Cool. Well, it's I'm so good to for you. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome that you're doing that. That is deep. That is hard stuff. So it's amazing. Yeah. Like everybody's touched by that in some way or another. So yeah, it's uh like if I were to sit back and think, what's the hardest thing I could do in the next couple of years? I mean, I my plan is to become the best in the world at doing interventions. I want to be the I want to just know every aspect of it. I want to, I want to know everything about it. And I think there's a whole nother faucet or, um, again, coming back to, we don't, we don't know what our best is. If we say, if a family says we're doing our best, but they've never been pushed or challenged to break the norms, they're not doing their best. They don't even know what their best is. So it's, um, it's exciting. I, I think there's hope. I think there's, not only that, but a gift. 
I think that's one thing addiction taught me is that if a family, this the challenges that we go through are are a gift. Like they they give us opportunities to come together. They give us opportunities to learn and experience and grow and fail and have to make those hard decisions. You look and you say, everything I'm doing, I'm doing wrong. Not, yeah, but how else would you know? How else would you know in a year when something else comes up? Oh, not don't do that. I already tried that once. I, I know better this time. So I think when we look back, I think when we look back on our experience on earth, we're going to look and say, wow, when, when that addiction came into our family, yeah, it was challenging, but, but look at how it brought us together. Look at how it reconnected us with some of our past memories and look at how it, I love the ice bath, man. It was, <laughs> it was cold. It was difficult, but man, after I got out, after we got through it, there was that euphoria. There was that, that any, that, that inert sense that something changed for the better. Yes. So I'm, it's it's hard to say that it's that it's a gift right now for people going through it, but it was a gift in my life. It was a gift for my family. My family's a lot tighter and closer than we had been had I never gone through addiction. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't give it back. I wouldn't go around it. I wouldn't. It's it's just the way it is. And there's nothing we can do about it at this point other than just live the gift. So thank you guys though. Thank you, you, man. Ahead, one more question and then we can go and you, wrap it up. Yeah. you said something um that hit about they have to hit rock bottom first and i don't know i disagree with that like i i wonder your take on that you Do disagree you think, with what i said or with that concept with of, that concept of it of like the rock bottom what do you think on that I, yeah i that that concept is so misunderstood okay I think what I think where that came from is like somebody in the '60s tried. <laughs> their son was an alcoholic, and they went and talked to him, and they said, "Get out of here, Dad!" And they threw something at him, or you know, they went in there and tried to help him, and then it didn't work. And then somebody said, "Well, there's nothing you can do, Bill. It's his choice." And so Bill went back to his job, and nobody did anything with that common with just believing that there was nothing they can do. I think there's, I think. When you look at it, I understand why some people would say there's nothing you can do. Essentially, what they're saying is you can't take somebody else's choice. Mm-hmm. You can't want it more than they want it, and they're going to change because of what you want. Again, true. Yes. The, the only thing I believe God gave us that's truly ours is choice. Everything else he gave us was already his. The universe, if you want to put it that way, God, he already owns all of it. The only thing that we that we have that's ours is our choice. So what they're saying is you can't take their choice. That I agree with. But there's this whole concept of you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Mm -hmm. Same deal. But we can filter the water. We can bring other horses to the water and have them drink. So he sees that other horses are drinking from the water. We can make the approach cleaner so there's not ditches and ruts so he can get to it without falling down. (laughs) We can plant grass around and flowers. Like We can bring them in and say, hey, this is a safe water hole. And if they still don't drink, you're damn right. We can't get them to drink. But don't tell me that just because you led a horse to some random ass water hole and they didn't drink it, that there's nothing you can do. There's a lot that can be done. And if they still don't drink it over time, yeah, I give you that. You can't make them drink. But how much better off are we knowing that, damn it, we planted those flowers 
and we filled in those holes and we filtered this water and we did that work. We did that work knowing that we did everything we could do. And that never stops. I don't think you ever, life is evolving, guys. Every day we're still breathing. It's evolving. I don't think you, it's not black and white. You never reach a pinnacle where you touch a, you ring a bell and say, okay, I've done everything I can do. Because every day is a new breath, a new thought, a new activity, a new energy. It's a timing thing. It, th- n- it never stops. It's not cut and dry. I thought about this thing recently because <clears throat> uh, I like to, I said earlier how I like to think that we're always right where we're supposed to be. But I also don't think we have ever been in the exact same spot more than once. And what I mean by that is like right now we're sitting in our living room and you and I have both sat in these positions before Steph, right? However, I was usually over there. <laughs> where the planet is spinning mm-hmm. and the rotation and in the universe and the orbit of the sun and all of these different things, we've actually never been in these exact same spots before. So we're always somewhere new every single day, even if we're in the same old place that we've always thought that we are. So in that big picture thing, I use that a lot of times in my own thought process and in my own head when I feel like I'm stuck, like, well, I actually haven't ever been here before. Even though it feels like I've been here before, even though things look familiar, I've literally never been in this exact same spot in the universe. This is a completely new spot for me. And maybe nobody else has ever been in this spot before besides me. Sure. And so... Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm one that has to sometimes use like symbols or something tangible. And if you take the universal art symbol, the spiral, it, it shows that perfectly. Mm-hmm. It, the loop as it comes around, you find yourself at the top again, and you're only a half an inch from where you started. But that's a half an inch, and you've gone the, you've gone that entire distance to get to where you're at. And every year, it's like the rings of a tree. You know, you just keep going out every year and every year brings weather and different experiences and the roots grow deeper, which is the point. So, yeah, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm not going to say pissed off, but this, something happened to me the other day with this, with this term rock bottom. I went to make some videos at a friend's house for some advertising I'm doing. And I was supposed to make a video about rock bottom and it just wasn't flowing. I just, it's such an emotional thing. Right. And, and somewhere there's some mom who just buried her son. Well, he hit his rock bottom and, and she's wondering what could I have done different? And I'm sympathetic to her as I speak. So I, I, I'm really having a difficulty as I go through this process of doing interventions, finding how to speak with confidence and empathy at the same time and where to find that line between motivation and energy and education and best packed, best commonly known practices. And it it just bothered me because I couldn't, I couldn't find the words I needed at that time to make that video about rock bottom. But since then I've received a lot of information about it and thought about it a lot. And my concern with rock bottom is that people throw in the towel. Mm -hmm. And my bigger, my bigger concern with throwing in the towel is that instinctively they know it's wrong and they battle it internally every day but that's what they're told. And they sit in that space conflicting within themselves, what they've been told and what they're thinking and feeling internally. And it's a miserable place to be. And that's where I feel like rock bottom. It's better to be actively engaged in cleaning up around the water, making it more drinkable, 
than it is to sit in that space. So it's the action that sometimes is all we have is knowing you're taking those steps, even though you may not know the outcome. I like them. I don't think you have to, I think that's like waiting for rock bottom. You can't do anything yet. I love how you say that's like throwing in the towel because that's exactly what it is. And you do not have to get to rock bottom. Like you said, we're rock bottom is her son's gone. That's rock bottom. Step in way before that. It's good stuff. Getting on the car, babe. I got some shit to do today. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Randy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. There's something to be said about connection and about the human desire to connect with other people that I believe is a much greater fulfillment of our existence. For me, real comfort is connection, it's relationship. How do you do your best? You don't know what your best is. You've never been pushed or challenged beyond your own barriers and boundaries and your own emotions to even experience maybe 10% of what your best is because you've never had to. 